The Quo Podcast. Change your way. Hi, my name is Sasha Urach. In this episode, I speak with a fellow member of the Filipino Australian community. Charles Eloso, aka LOC, is an emerging hip hop artist from Western Sydney. With a cheap microphone and limited knowledge of sound editing, Elo decided to take his longtime passion to the next level. Beneath his lyrics lies a unique expression of vulnerability, rawness, and resilience, something not widespread in mainstream hip hop. Elo is testament to the experiences of many migrants and first-generation Australians who, out of sheer necessity, have had to resonate with resourcefulness, perseverance, and determination. Here's his story. My parents are from Manila, Philippines. So that's the homeland, that's where they met. Um, that's where I was made. <laughs> and um, from there, in the early 90s, they migrated to New Zealand, uh, in Auckland. And I think, um, you know, looking back at it now, I can pick little fragments of my childhood in the Philippines. Like, I never really pinpoint what's what. I mean, it's just fragments because I was so young. Uh, arriving in New Zealand when I was four or five years old, I, you know, came from Manila, Philippines to Auckland, New Zealand, not knowing a word of English. And I think, um, it still fascinates me today how, like, you know, my parents are like, you know, I could just be put in a primary school setting, not knowing a word of English, and then by the time I finish my schooling, at the end of it all, like, my primary school years, um, I, I speak fluent English. It still trips <laughs> me out till today. I don't, I don't know how it is. Maybe the child's mind, like, like they say, a child's mind can, you know, is like a sponge. Mm. My mom actually gave us an opportunity for my brother and I to continue our schooling and education in Sydney, Australia, which was probably one of the best decisions because I think from, from that happening, it really um, opened the doors to who I am today. Why, 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 you know, the personality, that, the personality that I am, the things that I'm passionate about, I think a lot of it really ignited when I, you know, when I set foot in Australia and in Sydney. Music has been around. It's, 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 been, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been around as far as I can remember, thanks to, like, my dad. I picked up rap um, in New Zealand as well during my early high school years. Mm. But um, it was such a weird transition with music and, and culture to be honest with you like my childhood in New Zealand was was awkward I feel like I was an outcast I uh, I didn't really fit in into like a main group I felt I felt like I was always just tagging along with people and like you know I did experience a bit of uh, racism and and bullying and um, you know it's just those were just the awkward years of my life just trying to identify who the fuck I am, you know what I mean? And, and, and not where I belong, but you know, the kind of people that I should be involving myself with. Mm. And I think drawing back to the transition of uh, my brother and I being sent to Sydney, Australia to live with my mom, I think at that time, 
that was the best decision that my dad could have made to prevent me from fucking up my life. And so you did say that you did double in hip hop and, mm -hmm. and rapping even yes. when you were in New Zealand. But yes. if you just fast forward a little bit to when you were in Sydney, I believe that's when you really started to to work on that yeah. craft more. So in New Zealand, during my high school days, um, I hung around with um, more of the, the, uh, the ethnic crowd. So, you know, the Filipinos, the, the Polynesians, the Maldives, Samoans, Tongans, like, and um, it was like, you know, it w there, was, there was groups that, that break danced. Like the Filipinos were always known for break dancing. And I think that's something that still carries on today and also like out in uh, West Sydney as well, but we'll get to that. But um, hip hop, that's when, like during those years, that's when hip hop was really at its earliest stages with me. I couldn't, I couldn't really break dance that well. Like I had a, I had a mean fucking robot, but <laughs> dudes were doing some crazy shit. But I don't know, I just, it wasn't my thing. Uh, I tried it and it, I just didn't, I couldn't identify with it, but uh, I was always creative. I was always trying to like draw shit. Like I started off with me just drawing shit, me making shit mm. or like, I, I had an imagination when I was a kid. You know, um, and I feel like from that, from that happening and um, being surrounded by hip hop at an earlier age in, in high school and stuff, I felt like as soon as rap music hit, like as soon as I started hearing like full on like Tupac, Notorious, Bone Thugs and, and, and Eminem, like shit just went fucking haywire in my mind because now I found a way to relate and sort of focus my emotion and feelings and like sort of things that I've wanted to express through this art form. Like I said before, like I was always that dude on the outskirts or like that sort of like, like uh, that, that, that dude on the outside and that the dude that didn't really fit into any other groups that, that tried to fit into different groups like, but was never really like, I didn't really have a uh, community to really just fall back on. And I feel like with, with the rapping, something was gonna happen with that. I get the impression that the Western suburbs, which is where you were in, so the Western Sydney suburbs yeah. is, you know, really cultivates creativity. Oh yeah, by far. I start high school in Sydney, Australia, and I think the second day of high school, you know, I, I'll, I'll go into high school and I notice that there's a lot of fucking Filipinos. Well, I mean, it's the Western suburbs, yeah, right? Yeah, like, but I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know nothing. I'm coming from Auckland, New yeah. Zealand. So there's, there's so many Filipinos. Mm. There was just a lot of cultures surrounding me. And I walk into, like, I'll go into this high school, there's so many fillers, and the next thing you know, someone's beatboxing and someone's rapping, and then, you know, I try, but then this time, it doesn't get, like, no one laughs. Like, people actually started listening. When did you feel then that you started becoming a little bit more serious about, about it's, this? It was weird, because, like, um, like I said before, when, when I demonstrated that and I, I just went for it and, 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 you know, in recess, like, I jumped into this little beatbox thing and I started rapping and I don't know just the feeling of people like giving me the time of day or the people were just like holy shit this fucking guy's rapping like what the fuck and then you know in high school it's hearsay so it's kind of like did you hear that that guy from Oakland New Zealand that filler he fucking raps man and he'll tell that dude and then that dude and then that dude and then next recess like the more of them will come and come watch and see what this new thing is in the in the community and um I feel like that's when I was kind of like, holy shit, like, I'm getting a different reception here. And um, it's, it's, it's making me feel happy. It's making me feel like accepted. And I think that's when I was like, man, 
I might be, if I keep doing this, maybe, I don't know, like the pipe dreams start coming in, like, mm. oh, fuck, maybe I'll be um, discovered or whatnot. But I'm just, just like, I'm a, I'm a rapper in this high school. Like, people see me as a as a uh, rapper. I don't know whether or not the outside world would take that seriously because I'm a kid, but to me, I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. Shit's, uh, shit's sort of simmering a bit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting involved in things that I've wanted to get involved in in New Zealand, but I'm getting a better reception here in Sydney, Australia, because people are relating to it more. I will quote uh, something that you said from one of your previous interviews where you said, and I think this really stood out for me, that you have to go through the shit mm. to get to, to the sugar. Mm. And I thought about it in reference to something that you told me uh, prior to this interview, where you said when you actually started off starting to record your songs, mm. that you didn't have any, you know, resources on you. So how, how did you do that? Um, so, <coughs> um, the other, there, was only, there was two rappers in my grade. There was me and the dude that I battled a few times and the, and the dude that pretty much, I don't know, it gave me that opportunity to express this newfound talent that I had that I was bringing from New Zealand. And his name is uh, Raph Flores. Um, and that he ended up being, like, he is one of my best friends till this day. But um, we met randomly once at a Macca's, and he was like, hey, man, um, that was fun really battling with you and, and doing that rap thing. Everybody loved it. And I was like, yeah, cool. And he's like, hey, why don't we try and record this shit and put it on a CD and sell it in recess? And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Because I'm new. I don't know, I don't know how this thing works. So um, we had to be very crafty with what we had and... Like, I think it was just, it was pretty much all on us and what we had around us. So it was a shitty mic and a fucking, like, you know, very limiting, limiting program. And from there, I think that's when, uh, th that's when we set foot in, like, what, what was going to be one of the biggest driving uh, forces of creativity in our lives till this day. Something that stuck with me with what you just said was the craftiness yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. And I feel for me personally, being a first-generation Australian with two migrant parents, I can definitely relate to this idea of having to be crafty and resourceful <laughs> with what you have. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, I feel like because we had limited knowledge um, and our parents were, you know, working middle class, so it's not like they could... It's not like they didn't want to understand what we were doing, but um, they, they kind of noticed that we were doing something creative and they like they they positively stood out of the way um and just watched us do it but you know obviously with uh with you know middle class parents um we're not we weren't the kind of kids that were like i want that and we get that you know so we had to figure shit out which was like you know download this free program on the internet let's buy these five dollar shitty ass mics or these dynamic mics and let's just plug it into this thing and see if it works and then from there it's kind of just a trial and error took a long time but when we made our first CD I can remember that feeling where I was like holy shit like we made this out of like nothing you know it was it was just stuff around us it was just what we could get it was what what was available to us and I think yeah we we made do with what we had and I'm pretty fucking proud that we were you know we were we were at that stage and we and we did something that was you know that was creative and that we can always remember because it, it made us you know, it made us focus on positive things instead of getting us into other bullshit around us. And do you think that that resourcefulness is something 
that is different to how other hip-hop artists or emerging hip-hop artists mm. have experienced? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because Raph and I were just like two dudes that were in high school that had no idea about audio engineering. We had no idea about, we didn't have anything. Like we, we didn't know how to use a studio. We had some shitty ass mics and um, some, some dudes just know the go and they know they have opportunities or like, you know, they go to certain places and they meet the right people. But we had to make that shit happen ourselves. And I think that, that, that created, we, we made our own way, we made our own path and we put together our own shit. And I feel like, like I said before, it's something to be really proud of. And um, yeah, man, it's just, it's crazy. I'm just thinking about it now. Like we just, you just grab whatever you can and we just kept going with it. It, it became an obsession with the two of us, so. I mean, it's just remarkable and I feel, I mean, I'm personally quite a fan of it. And I think what strikes me most about your lyrics is it's not the typical lyrics that you hear in in traditional hip-hop songs mm. right mm. you in my opinion express a sense of vulnerability in in that C can you tell me a little of bit course. more um where does that come from the music i make the, ly the lyrics i write Everything that I record, everything that, that's shared and put out is personal. It's personal. I feel like, I think in areas of, in areas of legitimacy, I tell, I tell the fucking truth with everything that I say when I write. And um, I feel like with that, with that sense of vulnerability thing, I draw it. I draw it out of a lot of personal things. Like it's very emotion driven. There are some tracks where, like people who listen, like if you listen to my music, there's some tracks where I am flexing. But if you dig deeper, like I'm trying to exert, I'm trying to exert energy that I've that I've haven't been able to express in a normal way. It's it's always drawn from my emotion. So mainly that's like in the in the vulnerable sense, you're getting me. At 100%. And what is you? I'm just gonna put you on the spot here. <laughs> no, nah, definitely. No, I'm just, I'm just honest. Um, I feel like. What is your truth? My my truth is that, um, you know, the if, if you, you want to think about LOC, Charles, or, 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 or my truth is that, um, <coughs> I just, I just, I won't give up. And I'm also like, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm some. There, there are times when, like, you know, I feel insecure just like everybody else but i use this music to really just lift myself up and the vulnerability that you're expressing right now is something that i feel as a woman mm. not many men do express which i no. think is quite important and i want to uh, speak on my personal experience like um with 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 things like that like it really depends on on how you were brought up i feel like i was it was i was sort of brought up in that time where it was kind of like boys don't cry, mm. you know what I mean? Or any, any sort of approach to embracing uh, your emotions was always taboo or always like, oh, nah, you know, like only, only girls cry or uh, only, only women, um, you know, only women um, express their, their sadness um, openly. Like as a man, you're supposed to be a man, you know what I mean? And not, and not be uh, sensitive in a way. Um, and, and I feel like uh, it's changing now. I feel like people have more of a platform to really like sort of unlearn that shit. 
um, and I feel like it's, it's going in the right direction in certain ways. But then in other ways, I feel like there's still a lot of learning to be done. There's certain things that have held, uh, held us back, like cultural, in a cultural sense, because, you know, being Filipino or whatnot, or being ethnic in, in some households is kind of just something taboo or unheard of. But also, like I said before, it's, it's something that's also being embraced depending on people unlearning. <laughs> unlearning, that's right. And it's interesting that you say about the way that you were raised from a, as a Filipino mm -hmm. uh, is different to, let's say, white, uh, mm. the way white men are raised. But mm, interestingly, mm. would you say that your experience as a Filipino man is different to, you know, the white man? Um, I mean, it's, I don't think, Unless you're, unless you're ethnic or unless, unless you're of a uh, culture that's non-European, I feel like at one stage in your life, you've probably experienced some sort of uh, racism or like stereo stereotypical remark or you've, you've had an experience, majority. Um, and I feel like not many of the f my, my white friends, like during high school and stuff, would, would know about that kind of stuff. I mean, like, you know, you think about, you think about it now and it's, it's kind of like, you know, you don't realize that until you're older. But, yeah, in, in some cases you do notice that, like, you know, if, if you are of a different culture and, and... How did that affect your manhood? Um, I don't know, I mean... People, people hate, like people fear what they don't understand. Quote, word to, uh, word to Nas, Nasir Jones. <laughs> you know, people fear what they don't understand. So I feel like when you're surrounded by a lot of people like that, uh, you tend to, you tend to doubt your, you, you tend to doubt yourself because at a young age, one of the main things is identifying yourself with who you are as a person. You know, or whether it's a uh, race or, um, you know, or, uh, or gender or, you know, sexuality. And I feel like when you're surrounded by a lot of insecurity, it's very hard for you to figure that out uh, smoothly or, or easily because you're scared that if you're different, you'll get put in a corner and be fucking, you know, humiliated. And, um, yeah, so... Personally, that's that's how it's that's that's what I've experienced growing up. But um, I'm just glad I got through that shit. <laughs> if you ain't hurting nobody, or if you're not, you know, trying to threaten anybody else's existence, then fuck all that other shit, man. Be happy. I think you're an absolutely amazing representative for us fellow Filipinos, the Pinoy community. I try. I try. <laughs> I try. I think. I think it's it's been stronger than ever these past three years to really, because um, I look back, right, and I, I, I turn around and I, s I look around me and there's so many Pinoy creatives now. Mm. Like, Are they visible, just out of curiosity? Do yeah, you I yeah. mean, like, the, you know, for example, I'm gonna just say these names, um, you know, we can link them up later. Um, you know, uh, Ian Escandor Eski, who is a really, 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 um, you know, he's, he's representing out there and he's involved in the community a lot. Um, him and Ricky Tana, 
they put on a lot of events, um, you know, trying to embrace the whole um, uh, sort of Filipinos in Australia uh, um, sort of community out there. Because I had, I had this discussion with um, a friend of mine, uh, Raf, and he said, like, you know, this is thing where it's like, as a Filipino, you look at another Filipino and it's like, let's just say, let's just throw food in there. Oh, yeah, my mom cooks the best adobo. And then the other Filipino is like, oh, yeah, well, my mom cooks the best adobo too. And then it kind of creates a little bit of a friction. And I think that's, <laughs> that's one of the fucking, that's one of the fucking um, things that we've got to work on. Like, I feel like... Um, well, because I was going to come in there and say, well... Excuse me, think <laughs> my mum's a dog. Exactly, you know, that, that's, it's, it's common for us Filipinos, you know, it's like nothing's better than my mum's a dog. But I think that also applies to um, creativity too. Mm. More broadly speaking, I'll just add to that, going back to food. Sure. Uh, I mean, you would have more, been more knowledgeable about you know, the, the Filipino community in the western suburbs. Mm -hmm. What I do find is that, you know, whilst we are one of the biggest communities in Sydney, mm. for example, I see a few Filipino restaurants scattered here and there. Yep. And yet no one really knows about our culture. And when you go into these restaurants, mm. I just think the restaurants is a perfect example because mm. when you go into these restaurants, they're all just mostly Filipinos anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you think that we could make our culture, given that we are one of the biggest diasporas in this city, how can we make ourselves more exposed or more visible? It's, it's, just, it's just funny because I had this same discussion yes, oh, two days ago with someone and they said the same thing. Like, mm. you know, there's like two places in the West there's two Filipino spots in the West and you go in there and it's majority Filipino. <laughs> but you're asking how we're going to draw people in. I think it's just, it's going to start with the youth. I feel like when, because the youth today are, uh, you know, the, youth, the youth is always the section of the population that's always driving the future. And I feel like once they identify themselves as what, like who they are, as like Filipinos of, of this era or this day and age and and them incorporating the, the food and like them sort of like, I don't know maybe let's just say like running gatherings or like events at these certain places and not just inviting all your fellow mates like inviting everybody I feel like that could be one way of expanding our reach to the uh, you know, to Australia or the outside, the outside where people was like, oh, I want to try Filipino food. And they're not necessarily Filipino at all. You're certainly making your mark <laughs> in our community. Thank you. Putting your name out there. But I'm just going to go here. Let's let's go more broadly. How sure. how are you affecting the community? Do you think mm -hmm. at large, not just Filipinos, but the community at large? My passion now with music. Because I'm not gonna let it go. I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm gonna slow down anytime soon. I mean, things are gonna change in my life. I know that for a fact, but it, it's always gonna be there. I feel like the the uh, the my my passion right now has to be of service to other people in a way. You know, like I wanna the way I wanna contribute to the community is is to inspire. 
I feel like when I was in the position of trying to figure out who I was and trying to, you know, um, put together what I want to do as a, as a creative, I never had, I, I rarely had, or there was only a few, but I never really had anybody out there showing me the way or anybody out there believing in what I do or anybody out there that I could watch and see like, oh, okay, so this person did that and that worked and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I want to be that person for the next generation if they see me as that or not. And so I can see you've been absolutely hammered with writing more songs. I can see that you've been releasing more yeah. and more each time, but w what are your plans from now um, on in the future? Okay, I'm dropping a single in March. I'm gonna try and drop a single every month. Um, I'm gonna try and get some new music videos out there as well. There's no shows yet, and also um, I'm involved in a alternative hip-hop rock band. Uh, and they're called Dream Cities, but we'll, you know, we'll add the links on there as well. And we're working on some music as well. So if you like uh, live band sort of MC type stuff, then that's coming as well. But just, just stacks of singles, really. Sounds, lots of sounds <laughs> coming, different pockets. So if you don't like that one, then you might like this one. But that's me. I just, I just like different things. So. I mean, look, I think people by now would be super stoked and just raring to find out where you are. Yeah. Where can they find you? Uh, okay, so Instagram, E-L-L-O dot C is the, main, is the main spot where I'm active most at. Uh, Spotify, E-L-L-O dot space C. All my music as well. And um, through the Instagram, there's a link in the bio. <laughs> That's with all the other places where I'm, I'm at as well. So. Hello, maraming salamat Thank you for, <laughs> for your time. Me, and uh, yeah, big things to come.